0: First Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to read verses 12 through the end. As the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body, though they are many, are one body, as Christ is also. For by the Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slaves or free. We've all been made to drink of one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should then say, Because I am not the hand, I am not a part of the body, is it therefore not a part of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not the eye, well, I am not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? And if the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But if God has. Now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He wanted. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you, nor much rather those members of the body which are weaker seem to be necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow greater honor. Our (coughs) unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts do not have any need. God composed the body, giving greater honor to that which lacks it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice with it. And so you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and after that miracles, and gifts of healing, various helps, various administrations, various tongues, are all apostles, or all prophets. Teachers, do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the better gifts. And yet, I will show you a more excellent way. Well, so, um, as I point out some incidentals, I want to look at verse 13. Though that's not the main topic, it has an interesting, uh, some interesting ideas. What do we learn about baptism here in verse 13? A couple of important things. It's done by one spirit. Okay. We're all baptized into the body by one spirit. Baptism is connected to the Holy Spirit. You will see that. It's connected in this by specifically as referring to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Um, the topic has been the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and so he's using this connection to illustrate his larger point. We want to remember that the larger point is going to be the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he is talking about um, here, uh, specifically, baptism into the body. Remember, everything is about unity. So the Holy Spirit has given the gifts, the Holy Spirit is about unity, and the Holy Spirit is what makes you a part of the church. Um, and that's the, the the main point, that baptism is the means by which we enter the body. All right? And you were all baptized into one body. Before you were baptized, you were not in the body. Now, we need to understand how this has been used, um, and misused, I should say. They did not have an idea of um, church membership. <laughs> right, They didn't have instant church directory on their phones. Um, they didn't raise their hand and say, I would like to be a member of this church. We do that as a means of convenience uh, for um, kind of maintaining connections and figuring out things. But that's not, as, as one person said, I remember... Way back before the, the technology, we had the little list. Remember, the, everyone had the, the laminated list, right? And they said, this is the church directory. It is not the Lamb's Book of Life. <laughs> so um, the, uh, they didn't have the idea of church membership other than you're a member of the Lord's church. And so the idea of the body isn't just the local group assembly. We are baptized into the church. So until you're baptized, you are not in the church. That's pretty simple. It's incidental. That's not his main point. But um, wherever we see little things that are important, I like to point them out. Um, so I want to then talk about... Um, the relationship then along similar lines of the individual and the group. I want to look, uh, he says, uh, and there's two verses. Verse 12, I want to connect two verses here. Verse 12 says, The body is one, has many members, but all the members of that one body, though they are many, are one body as Christ is. And then drop down to verse 27. He says, now you are the body of Christ and you are members of it individually. What is the name of the church? You ever had that discussion with somebody? What's the name of the church? Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Like okay. Uh, okay. So he's not giving a name. The reason I asked the question is because I was raised with Church of Christ theology, and and the Church of Christ is the official name of the church. I'm not sure if you knew that, because Romans sixteen sixty says churches of Christ salute you. Yeah, anybody? Uh, is am I the only one who's ever heard this? Okay. So, and and and, uh, and so, uh, little church history. Um, Alexander Campbell. We kind of know that name a little bit, and and various ones. And, and at the you know two hundred years ago, they started a group, and they were actually various ones referred to it different ways. They they didn't want to be Baptist, and they didn't want to be. Presbyterians, and they didn't want to be Methodists, and they didn't want to be this, and they didn't want to be that. So they said, well, we've got to call ourselves something. Let's look in the Bible and find something to call ourselves. Okay. So some of them said, uh, well, we're just disciples of Christ. That's what we are. So so they called it, because the Bible throughout the thing talks about the disciples, the disciples, the disciples. See that a lot. So they said, well, we're disciples. Well, who are we disciples of? We're disciples of Christ. Um, as things went and people started to get slightly different ideas as things go, some of them said, well, what about this over here? We're the church. We're the church of Christ. Um, and some and then said, well, we're Christians, so we're the Christian church. And those three emerged, and they had slightly different flavors. Um, and they argued about which one was right. And none of them were right. None of them are wrong, but none of them are the right one. And so, um, Acts 11.26 gives us the only time that the church was officially named anything. They were first called Christians at Antioch. That's the only time they were ever called something. And so, the official Church of Christ doctrine had to come up with a way to explain that verse within the context of the fact that it had already come up with an official name of the church, which was Church of Christ. And that doesn't seem too cohesive. So we came up with an idea. I wasn't there. I'll just include myself. Well, Christians refers to the individual, but the Church of Christ is the name of the corporate assembly. I've never—I've read my Bible, cover to cover, a number of times, and I have never seen the phrase corporate assembly in there. I don't know if there's articles of corporation somewhere in an alternate translation, or how that works. Um, that is an idea that is not in there. 1 Corinthians here says, it makes no distinction between the corporate assembly, if you like that phrase, and the individual. You are the Lord's body, the group, and you are individually members of it, and God don't see no difference. Period. He starts this text this way, and he ends this text this way. (laughs) Um, Again, maybe an incidental, but I think it's important to, to look at the church the way God looks at the church and not the way our modern culture has identified. This, you only have this view if you are free to have a church building and put a sign on it when you're being persecuted and you're not allowed to own church property because that's a good advertisement for where I can come to kill you at, you don't have this mentality. This is a comfortable mentality. Uh, This is a modern mentality. It is not an ancient mentality. Corporate versus church building versus church property versus, that's, that's not a thing back then. So I want to get to um, the more important things. So let's talk about the importance of the weaker. Verse 15 and 16, who is he talking to specifically? Because I think as we go through this text, he's talking to individual, different groups of people.
1: You kind of okay. Mean you're
0: not or... Okay. All right, so he's talking about the gifts and and how, and he's going to get into specifically how they're used and misused and things like that. Um, it, it's all with one context that starts uh, here and goes through chapter 14. Um, <clears throat> and he's going to look at it from a, a number of different angles. But what specific group of people, uh, what is the character of the group of people that he's talking to Or let let me even, maybe I'll guide you a little bit. Uh, Verse 15 and 16 seems to be, when I read it, to be one group. Um, And yet, I would contrast that with the group in verse 21, if I was reading that. What's the difference between these two groups of people? Okay. Okay. So that's in there. That's in there. But he's with—he's talking about more about their abilities and functions and gifts and things like that. So, so there's a status of some sort. Um, The the you know perhaps which gifts you had.
1: One group is saying I'm not good enough to belong. The other group is saying you are not
0: good enough to belong. Yes. Uh huh. That's it. Verse 15 and 16. Well, if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not a part of the body. I'm not as good as them. But then he turns right around and he says, wait a minute. Those of you who are giving them this impression are equally as wrong. I need to correct your idea because you you're not thinking about yourself correctly. You're wrong because you're not thinking about them correctly. Um, and, and for there to be no division, both of these things are important. So he's going to kind of confirm them. So, listen, they're different gifts, um, but that has nothing to do with your value to the group. God does not make distinctions. As we said, we are individually part of one structure. So let's look at the importance of that weaker. Um, what could make that group think that they're not a part of the church? That's kind of a dramatic statement. Because I'm not that, I'm not a part of the church. I mean, that's dramatic. What, what do you suppose could have led them to that conclusion? Practically speaking, what's going on in this church? Or let's give an idea. Okay, so so there some of, some sort of exclusion. That second group that we talked about is excluding them in some way.
1: Um, you're
0: right. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There, there's uh, the haves and the half nots You're exactly right. That that is that's a good point. That there's just been this group of people that that have excluded the others um, and and it might not be necessarily the the people the rich people up on the top of the hill and that might not be the same division right there might be this division between these two groups over here and that's their big thing and there might be two different groups over here that are really have a different thing and couldn't care less about the communion thing.
1: That's like that, a merciful servant who also got a cup debt project, and he goes find somebody else,
0: like even a poor person can find somebody to do what's on
1: money. Yeah. Yeah. Like last <laughs> there, there are some gifts that are more
0: glamorous yes. and obvious than others. Right. Whereas, you know, some gifts that are a lot more subtle and you know, they just kind of happen in the background.
1: <clears throat> and then there are more like healing and things like that, which are very obvious.
0: Right yeah esteem. Right, there, there's a self-esteem issue, and, and that's been maybe to some degree given to them. Um, if, if you're made to feel lesser, you're going to naturally feel lesser. Um, it, it works into what we call your self-talk. Um, so it could be it could be exclusion from functions. It, but it could just be simply avoidance socially, you know, like what's happening, like you mentioned um, in, in Chapter 11. It, it could just be, we must not be important. You know, we're kind of sitting over here, you know, like, like uh, the unpopular kids in the lunchroom, you know. <laughs> it's like we're, we're just, we're not really a part of it. I mean, we come and we sing the songs and we hear, the, but we're not really a part of it. You know uh, so now he says in verse 22 that the weaker are indispensable. I, I think he's still talking about the gifts here. How uh, are they indispensable? Some say necessary. How are they necessary?
1: okay all right
0: okay so we look at the important functions we go whoa those are necessary and this is this is this is not really as as dramatic it is also a necessary function let me give you an uh, uh, An illustration Uh, in around 99 I had a rotator cuff injury that woke me up in the middle of the night uh, and I couldn't see straight and uh, just agony (laughs) Uh, the next morning I had to change my battery because my battery was dead and so I had to (laughs) haul that out (laughs) with a rotator cuff injury and get on a bus because my my car was dead so I had to take that downtown in the middle of winter and I'll do all this with a rotator cuff injury, which was really not pleasant. <laughs> um, haul that back and put it in. Um, so, go to the physical therapist, and she's a sports uh, she's a sports medicine person, and she says there's a little muscle under here, and yours is undeveloped. Well, cool. <laughs> make my self esteem. Used to go to the gym way long time ago, uh, lift weights. I thought is a you know fairly strong guy for my size. And I've got this underdeveloped muscle. She says, and it's been put in stress on everything else, <laughs> right over in this area. And now you have a rotator cuff injury. That little thing, that little thing, that I thought, you know, I don't even know how to target that area. I mean, that's a small area. How do you? What, so she gets. This is how you target that muscle. And um, I don't remember the name of it, but it was that was. It, it, it's, I've always thought of that when I read texts like this. That that little part that we go, that's eh, not really that significant, is vital. Though it's not maybe doing the most visible things. It's it's just as important.
1: Yes. You something taken away, like you can't move your hand, or you can't, you know, stand up straight, or you can't walk very well. Like I hurt my back, and just the ability to stand up straight and get out of a chair or walk, you know, you take those things for yes, you do. People I can take for granted is that you know, little things on one end of the body, whenever they're out, affect the other end of the body. Yes,
0: they do. And if you have a foot injury, then you
1: favor the other foot, which throws your hips out of alignment, which can throw your back out of alignment, which can throw other things, and it's just like a it's a chain reaction. And yes, because your body's counting on everything being in balance. Right, and it's very similar. Or it's a great illustration that he uses because that's the way the church is or
0: we have something that's out of balance,
1: then it doesn't function properly. It doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Because this little thing over here is going
0: to affect something that you didn't even notice Mm -hmm. Okay, practically, what does that look like? Without using metaphors, what does that look like in a church?
1: We were at... nothing up here for us to pass. Whoever was normally doing it or it was their week was out for some reason. So nobody had prepared it. So that's part of what happens that you just expect to already be there Uh ready for Sunday service. So that's part of the foot that, you know, so we had to wait a few minutes while down and gathered <laughs> stuff up ready to bring it up, you know, but nobody thought about doing it. Uh-huh. So that's that's part of what he's talking about. Sure. I would say a church could possibly scale me if you could get a 30-member church and it
0: never grows any
1: more than
0: that because maybe like stubbornness or hard to hard, hard. Okay. Maybe I'll to group or whatever. So I, I saw a thing. Uh, I forget who I was talking with but uh, oh no I do remember who I was talking with it was a church um, in Indiana and he does a church growth seminar and, uh, and he said this is the chart for how big you will be based on how many people in your leadership structure you have all right? if one guy's doing it all you're going to max out at about 20 to 30 people you might get up higher than that but then you're going to drop down boom <laughs> and you're gonna go boom, boom, and you're gonna set up elders. You're gonna have probably two elders to start, you know, and then it'll come up to here, and then you'll bounce between those two points, and 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 you know, and because because there's just people fall through the cracks when people aren't doing things, and, and there's more involved than just who your elders are or whatever. But um, it was just it's that same idea that that if if there's not involvement. Y- there's going to be, there's just, there's needs, and there's the things that have to get taken care of. Um, so... Um, I often have had to about you need to give everyone ownership. Yes. About ownership, you know, to have participation. Correct. It's a good thought. Um, so with specific application to the gifts is where we want to get to here with the, the remaining time. And you mentioned that there are gifts that are glamorous and gifts that are not glamorous. Right? The Holy Spirit, he starts off by saying, The Holy Spirit's distributed these. He doesn't waste his effort. Like, okay, I've given you this, but it's really kind of useless. The Holy Spirit doesn't do useless stuff. So everything was apart. Um yeah. I was gonna say
1: this not because of the talents, <clears> but <throat> <throat> it goes back to the purple talents, where you know the guy that had one, but well I don't have very much, so I'm just not really gonna do anything with it Right. For,
0: it's all, only one. I'm not I'm not like this guy, he's got ten. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, I see a very similar application here where like, come on, if I don't think this is very useful, like what am I even gonna do with this? This isn't even worth it. Right. And in similar way that it hurts the rest of the body as well. And there might be some churches
0: that are like that and the guy might be, you know what, I'm finally carrying that again but that person's actually going to burn out. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that undue stress that we're talking about on, on another part of the body. So he gives some, some metaphors that I... that It sticks in your brain. I I remember reading this a long time ago and his what what... If the whole body were an eye, well, okay, so think about, I've used this before, but I mean, if you you were sitting somewhere at a nice big picture window, and you see an eye walking down the street, just an eye, look at that, grab our attention. And you go, that's a freak. That is a freak of nature. It's a big nose. Goes down, the street, a whole big foot, sliding down. I mean, that, that's the, what he's saying. That this is the illustration. He's trying to be as ridiculous as he can to illustrate how ridiculous this church is. Bob over here can't be the whole church, these other functions are necessary for the church not to be a freak. If we all do one thing, it's a freak, and and we're going to get into the specific application about that. But I want to look at the other metaphor that he uses. He talks about our dishonorable parts. Okay, so we need to kind of go through that. He says um, he says the 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 parts that we consider. Dishonorable are necessary. We bestow greater honor upon those. Are there parts of our body that are dishonorable? Because the the necessary application is going to be that there are parts of the church that are dishonorable. And what does he mean by dishonorable or honorable? Are there parts of our body that are dishonorable? We don't talk about our private (laughs) parts. Okay, okay. But intrinsically, they're not dishonorable. God made them. And at one point in time, two people walked around on this planet without any dishonor in their brains. Yeah? Right? I mean, you got kids. If you've had kids, you've known they have no dishonor until a certain point comes. Then all of a sudden, oh, they're aware of things. So so he's not talking about the intrinsic dishonor, because that would suggest that there are members of the church, by way of the metaphor, that are dishonorable. He's talking about the group of people who is looking over here and saying, "Mm, they're not really part. He says, those parts which we deem less honorable. In other words, in our mind, the way we've messed up stuff since Adam and Eve about our body, the same thing happens where people screw things up when they think of other people in the church and start weighing how people are. (laughs) So he's not talking about how God looks at things. He's talking about how fallible humanity looks at things. There are no dishonorable parts of the church. But we start weighing. So it's a comparison also of one thing to another. We weight things. When the Holy Spirit handed these out, he just said, here's this, here's this, here's this. I need them all. I need you to use all of them. And people started, naturally, what they started doing is categorizing them. Ooh, this is good. This is dramatic. This is exciting. And this is, you know, this is the guy over here who says no or yes. That's all he does. Was that true? Yes. Um, and so the, the other thing we do is we start comparing ourselves. You get something, you compare it. Yeah, just like kids. Go to a party, they hand out party favors just at random and you start comparing. Well, he got it this and I got a that. Our kids go trick-or-treating, they pour dump out the bags. Oh, you got a bunch of Reese's pieces. I got lampy taffy, you know. That's what they do. I got five of butterfingers. I got the we immediately start comparing what we have. All right. What's that? Because they want to share. Oh yeah, yes. Oh absolutely. <laughs> so he says, um, on these we bestow greater honor. These these we bestow so he uses the illustration that think about how you dress. What do you decorate the most? The parts that we consider in ourselves, in our human mind, to be less honorable, that's the part we dress up. You don't walk around with like some fancy, you know, some weird mask thing, or you know, some weird, but our clothes are... We. We're not ties, and whatever, we, whatever your business, whatever thing is, if you're going to decorate something, you decorate your body. I'm going to come back to that. So just hold, hold that, because you might be thinking something, and I'm going to get to something, another incidental. But we do it abundantly, liberally. So spiritually, what does that look like in the church? What should that look like in the church? Again, leaving the metaphor. If we've got this schism, yeah.
1: I think it's those those functions that you don't get a whole lot of attention that just kind of make things wrong. -hmm. Those are the things we need to not forget to recognize. Okay. give honor so, mm-hmm. there, like, there should be no some
0: okay, so, so, so that's, that's the first that's one that's, really the that's the first one, recognition yeah. recognition of people who tend to look down on themselves you need to emphasize and make sure that they feel a part of things okay what else Yes, yes. That that they're right. Okay, so so uh, so you know here's here's the person with the communion. Does the communion, whatever, uh, and you know you can point that out. We recognize it when it's not done. <laughs> oh, well, they didn't do it. Like say thank you for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's little things like that, and it just takes one. T- ooh, you know what? <laughs> We forgot this. Uh, those are necessary things. Those are important functions. Even though you don't notice it all the time. How else? Okay, so that's that's verbal, that's oral. Is there any other applications to this? Don't complain. Okay. Okay, so sometimes don't talk. <laughs> I'm not gonna talk.
1: Kind of do clicks. You know, this group over here, oh, you know, you're not part of our group. Yeah. This, and that's it, it, just human nature, yeah. too.
0: Involvement. Yes. Some verbal, nonverbal as well. Involvement. <clears throat> find ways to use people, find ways to involve people. Incorporate people so that they feel a part of thing. He talks about how when one member suffers, we all suffer. When one member rejoices, how do you know when somebody suffers? We typically, I mean, some people do. Now that we have Facebook, we broadcast our pain. But um, just a lot of times people just kind of put that down in there and you don't know that I'm dealing with stuff until something dramatic happens. You know how you know? How do you know? You know people. If you know people, you, rec- you recognize something on their face. That person, because you know how they look. Here's a person who's dealing with something. Yeah, yeah. So involvement.
1: I mean, even, even becoming friends and being involved with someone, you, you share yeah. in, the, in the struggles of their lives. So right. know what's going
0: on. Right. And they're more comfortable to open up around you because you have a relationship. Uh, so we give more abundant honor. Um, I've heard this just briefly because it's not really the main point. I grew up in i I've talked about being a very puritanical segment of the church uh where this was used to say you can't wear makeup and jewelry ladies um did, did, was anybody predicting that was going to go there okay yeah really weird uh because we the and they used the part that says well those parts that we consider more honorable don't have need. God composed them so they don't have a need. Well, since we don't have a need, so I always like, um, if you, uh, yeah, so I use this like Google Translate. Um, I I figure sometimes I figure things out by Google Translate. Put something from a language into Google Translate, then copy that, switch the language and put that back in and see what you get. It's trippy. It never comes out the way. It's like, wow, how did you get that from that? Those two things, that doesn't match original translation. So I kind of do that with this. Okay, this is the interpretation you pulled out of 1 Corinthians 12, that girls shouldn't wear makeup. Okay, let's take that and plug that back in and see if that matches what he was actually trying to accomplish. What he's trying to accomplish is no divisions in the body. Let me see if this makes sense. Because if you're saying the comely parts have no need, so so we don't allow them to be adorned at all. Which, first of all, disagrees with the text because he says, he says we bestow more abundant honor. But that would mean, practically, the point that he's trying to make is invalidated. Because that would say we don't involve the people that we consider to have greater talents. We don't involve them at all. And we never compliment them. Well, that's ridiculous. So... That's my reverse translation. Um, So I think that's always a a practical thing to do is plug that back in and see if it fits the actual, your incidental that you pull out of there. See if the application actually fits what he's trying to say. So I wanna just briefly go through, um, we've already gone through the list, so we're not gonna cover these, uh, but he now goes through the gift that he just kinda randomly threw up there in the beginning. And he puts them in order, um, and I want to just focus on one, and that's the last one, because he he goes through the list, and he comes back down to what? What does he come down to? Different kinds of tongues. Tongues, and then when he's concluding uh, this text, he includes not just tongues, but interpretation is the last one. All right. It's not that they're not important. They're just last on the list. Why is verse 28? I want to look at three verses why they're important today as, as the world talks about these. Why is verse 28 important? He says, do all do this? Do all do that? Do all do this? Why is that significant in today's environment? Oh, oh, and I wasn't even going there. All right, I'm not going. Yeah, no, I'm talking about the use of tongues. If you go to a Pentecostal church, everybody is motivated and encouraged to speak in tongues. Everybody. Some of them try to. Some of them, oh, he said this. I just make it up off the top of their head. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but Paul says, listen, not everybody does it. The Holy Spirit doesn't do it that way. But if you go into a modern charismatic church, everybody is expected to do that in direct violation of 1 Corinthians. They have a church where everybody's a mouth. There's one big mouth. That's what they have. It's a freak. And you feel kind of freaky when you go there. Alright, second thing. Verse thirty. Same idea. Why is this one important? Or excuse me, verse
1: thirty one. Since he put the tongues
0: and everything on the bottom of the yes. list, he says desire on Christ. Okay. All right. Uh so verse verse thirty one. If you go to, again, those movements that they prioritize tongues high in direct contrast to what Paul said the Holy Spirit prioritizes. Mark?
1: So, I, I never noticed this before but one of the little minutes down at the bottom or verse 31, because the normal text in, in in the rest of the, the line says the eagerly desire to create our gifts. Mm-hmm. And I have a note that says or, but you are eagerly desiring the greater gifts. Which is this very two very different
0: Yeah, I, no, the, I would disagree with that. I would dis I would disagree with that because, because the majority of the time, uh, he's he's the majority of this text is dealing with tongues. They were uh, they were not intrinsically desiring the greater gifts. I mean, uh, we're going to start off in 13, if I speak with the tongues of angels even. And, and he says, well, I did, I, I'm glad that I don't, you know, he's like, you know, I'd rather pray with the mind than pray. It, he focuses on their use of tongues pretty heavily. That That was their big one that they were misusing, and I think it goes back again to the, to the glamorous nature of things it's just not as glamorous to have a gift to give good advice to people it's not as exciting as to go hey I speak French all of a sudden
1: it confuses me in a way because I know he's talking to the church as a whole to look to the greater gift. Right. but to me it makes me think oh I could get a second gift yeah. or a third gift
0: Yeah, there was. Yeah, right. And and there it was. It was no. I think it goes back to like like Mark mentioned. There were people that were, you know, when when he talked. Maybe that's a foreshadowing of this. I don't know, Um, but you know the talents. um, And to one was given ten, and one was given. Maybe that idea is that there were some that had multiple abilities. You know, I don't know. Um, So certainly the apostles did. that that can be also yep so any other thoughts as we close okay good participation thank you